0: Welcome to today's episode of the Design Leadership Podcast, where we will be speaking with Gleb Kuznisov. Gleb is a design executive and seasoned venture capitalist and currently chief design officer at Brain Technologies. Gleb uses visual design and user experiences to drive augmented reality, artificial intelligence, and digital operating systems for mobiles, wearables, TV, automotive transportation, IoT, and a multitude of digital experiences.
1: Hello, Gleb. Welcome to
0: the podcast.
1: Hi, Jay. Uh, nice to meet you and a uh, pleasure to uh, talk with you today. Yes, a pleasure
0: to speak with you. We're super excited to learn about your journey and the exciting world of design that you're into today. I think very fascinating. Gleb, as we always uh, get going on the podcast before we talk about what you're doing today and uh, inspiring us, we'd, we'd love to hear about your background and, and how you got to where you're at to, to today.
1: Uh, Sure. Yeah, I'm going to start from the very beginning uh, when I was uh, very small. as a kid, I was very interesting, uh, you know, like in all the technologies, computers, and all of that. I was raised in the time when uh, there was no internet on this planet, and uh, computers was barely on just a few people in the city, and uh, almost uh, uh, nobody understand what is the software, what is the design, and what is the future of computers as well. And I was lucky enough. Um, to get my first, uh, very first uh, computer when I was around 10 years old. And I was diving into this, uh, the whole world of uh, software very quickly. So I started uh, writing the code because at that time there was actually no user interface, no even like um, understanding of what is this user interface. There was just a common line basically, and that is how people interact with the computer. And uh, of course, uh, um, as, a, as a kid, I'm um, imagining that uh, this world needs to be uh, changed with uh, all this technology. And one of the most important thing I was uh, thinking is uh, it should be the interface, is how people interact with the computer. Because uh, at that time, there was not such a thing. And there was just announcing of uh, Windows 3.1, I, I remember the time, and that was almost the first user interface I ever seen in my life. And I understand that it's not as beautiful as it should be. And more than that, uh, it's not natural to use uh, this technology. So it's very hard to learn. I uh, experienced that all my friends and uh, uh, friends of my family, um, they just never understands me and they were uh, kind of uh, understands uh, how to use this. And I always try to help them as well and uh, teach them how to use the computer and um, that is organically create a right goal i would say in my brain and uh, i started dreaming to become a software designer a digital product designer so like uh, from the very early days i was always uh, wanting to do this and i started early uh, writing um, the code and create the user interfaces for some specific software and then uh, slowly internet come up you know like and every time I was dreaming about something, for example, when the internet just come up, I was thinking, okay, I need to do a search engine, you know, like, because internet probably needed a search so people can find the websites. And then a few weeks later, Google announced that uh, here is the new search. And I was like, okay, well, I'm too late. And all, all this, I was dreaming and thinking about something and I was too late. And I decided to fix that in my life. So that's how I uh, become a product designer. So I started my uh, journey, uh, I think professional, I started earning money around 15 and I started building websites and some uh, software as well. And then I get my education and um, starting working in uh, uh, more bigger companies like uh, uh, serving corporates with the design. And then I work um, a couple of years as a senior designer in Nokia company. I was responsible for the operating systems, and I always uh, was, I would say, passionate about larger projects uh, to make a bigger impact, I would say, to the planet. And I'm always passionate about the operating systems. And um, uh, that's how I uh, moved to where I am right now. So right now, I'm mainly focusing on the operating systems and artificial intelligence, AI assistance. That's my area where I try to do the best. And... um, Yeah, so during my journey, I uh, switched a lot of companies, a lot of startups as well, and uh, ended up having my own company in San Francisco, which is doing uh, great product design and basically software as well. So that is um, how I get there.
0: Really awesome journey and amazing to hear some of the milestones. You mentioned kind of that defining moment of being 10 years old and getting the first computer was maybe kind of redirected or inspired you to to take the path you're on now. Thinking back and looking back at your professional journey, your career, whether it's uh, academia or some of the other organizations you've been at, is there a, a key defining moment or a catalyst or something that stands out that was really kind of a, a major moment to to redirect or, you know, say, elevate your career into where you are today?
1: Sure. I mean, I don't remember exact this moments, but I can tell that I think um, uh, that is um, probably going to be in common with a lot of other designers who start their career by just learning design with, uh, and working in uh, different corporates. And um, I think I have this initial intention to uh, be a designer who do something in hand. So basically, a designer who creates things by himself from the ground. That was my dream initially when I just uh, grew up and starting, um, uh, doing my, my work in, uh, serious, uh, companies. But then I, um, after, I would say five years working as a UX, uh, engineer and uh, product designer after shipping, uh, quite significantly big, uh, products, uh, to the mass market, I was thinking, okay, what's next for me? And that is, was, um, Uh, quite difficult because, you know, like you already do very important thing for the planet and what can be better, what you can dream in better. And of course, I find out that, of course, I want to not just be a designer, but I want to inspire other designers uh, and be a leader for them and also educate uh, these designers and help them to find their road uh, more smoothly that I get. Because for me, it takes around 15 years, I would say, before I can tell that I actually are really <laughs> a product designer. So like before I was working on different, you know, like I would say directions of the design. I was working as an analyst. I was working as a UX engineer. I was working as a, um, a front end developer as well. So I was working as a motion designer. But after I learn all these tools, all these different areas, uh, then I start and create a things from the ground all the way from the beginning till the end by myself, from the ideation, from the creation of the idea and uh, execution of the idea and shipping this idea to the end customer and uh, developers, of course. So And um, that is quite a long time and um, that is takes so long for me because there was not such a uh, education. So you cannot just go to the university and say, hey, I wanna be a digital designer and they, they can uh, give you that education in uh, four to five years. So there, and I, I still, right now it still not exists. <laughs> so maybe some university have that, but it's, I, I seen that, but it's, uh, it's not on the level of quality I expect. So it still have a lot of room for improvement and uh, refinement at this education. And because of that it takes so long for me, um a kind of end-to-end product designer. I do to focus on uh, create my own teams and uh, grow the people who can help me. But also to focus on basically uh, education others inspiring other is a key moment for me. And I starting work as a design director, head of visual design, head of product design on different organizations. And um, uh, that was pretty inspiring, but there was not as um, as uh, smooth as I was expected. So this transition before I was a designer and I become a manager of designers and person who actually educate them, there takes, couple of uh, important i would say steps uh, for myself uh, especially uh, when you are a person who like to do things with your hands when you kind of have um, i have a little bit of engineering stand of mind and plus artistic so it's kind of a mix of uh, both and um, uh, this type of people, I can tell they are not really social. They don't like much to be on the public. They don't like much to talk with other people. They just focusing on the tools. They are focusing on the achievement of uh, precision of uh, how they do the work. So, and because of this different of state of mind, because when you become a uh, leader, when you become the head of design, you need to not just do uh, things with your hands more than that you need to stop doing things with your hands you need to transition to uh, manage uh, people inspire people and so they can make things with their hands and achieve uh, the same quality you can do right and that transition was pretty I would say difficult for me and it's still difficult Uh, sometimes I cannot drop doing things with my hands uh, because that is how my brain was set it up from the beginning. So every time I have a problem, of course, I take my hands and fix that. And um, um, the challenging part is was to, to manage the talents who also want to do things with their hands, but they don't know how. And um, of course, when we imagining a real serious, a big, large client and big, large product and everything in you know, a timeline, so you kind of uh, do this uh, routine uh, and uh, I understand that my team is cannot handle that design so it's not good enough so I, I just take and do it by myself but this is wrong I was completely wrong by doing that so like that is how I would say a lot of managers um, they, when they keep doing things by themselves uh, they not really uh, grow their team they actually keep keep growing themselves basically and uh, it was uh, quite hard for me to transition from, actually a maker to uh, uh, leadership. And, um, and But I ended up to, to make it because I just forced myself to stop doing anything uh, with my hands and just uh, force myself to never open Photoshop anymore or Figma, stop um, producing design and just focus on talking with people, just focus on educating people how to do the best design. And um, uh, within a couple of years of uh, uh, practice, I achieved that. But at the end, I actually go back to work uh, with my hands as well, because after a few years of just focusing on the management, I find out that I can't really, I miss that. I miss that is, is, is this uh, creation of the process, uh, moving pixels around is actually what I really enjoy in my life. So that is one of the best moments. And I can't just say no to that and just become a manager. So even now, even after I have uh, 75 people, designers working in my uh, company in San Francisco, I still sometimes even try to dedicate an entire week and I said okay guys don't touch me I'm gonna just do design by myself and I'm gonna focus on the working uh with uh hands basically it's quite rarely it's but it's uh, still happening and I love it so like uh, it's just uh something where I uh truly uh truly kind of um amazed uh within uh the deep understanding of uh, you know like how to build the shapes and designs and everything uh what do you in my work
0: i can fully understand relate and empathize i think all of us on the design journey we started out as as the doers and makers and craftsmen whether it's products or pixels and as you mentioned and we know you kind of go up to the next levels of management and leadership and get away from doing that uh, we have a lot of leaders that say they're still designing but differently right designing organizations and strategies and roadmaps. But uh, I, I, again, understand and relate the need to kind of get back to the doing level to kind of feed that, that passion. Speaking about your career journey, uh, you mentioned a few things that were maybe some, some challenges to overcome. Are there any major milestones or hurdles or roadblocks you can think of that you've encountered and what were they and how might you, how did you get over those?
1: Uh, yeah, sure. Of course, there was a lot of um, roadblocks. And I would say I, w- I was never kind of thinking about dropping design. So like I was always confident in my decision to keep going, whatever it takes. And that is uh, basically... Make my brain I think in a way where I don't see actually roadblocks. So every time I, I meet them, I just—it's uh, just a part of the journey, and I actually enjoying to solve this problem. One of the uh, interesting, I would say, challenging part of um, this journey was. Um, moving to the US (laughs) Uh, because I was um, living in Europe uh, and I was living actually in Switzerland before I moved to the United States. And that is one of the best country in the world. So it's the highest quality of life. I live in the mountains, I have my own firm, which is generate uh, a good amount of money to live the best life. And um, uh, moving to yes was not planning. Uh, I was never actually dreaming about that or planning that. Uh, that was very spontaneous and very, I would say, at some point, shocking for me and my family as well, because like. Uh, nobody was actually planning that how i said and um but that was a pretty kind of um, difficult and same time interesting because um, um the united states have a much different mentality in terms of uh, communication uh, with people and doing work as well and uh, that was an interesting moment. so i have a you know like i was i remember this moment i was uh, walking in uh, in um the grocery store i think in uh, switzerland with my small daughter and uh, i received a call from uh one of the executives of um a very famous agency fantasy and um, that was an interesting call so he basically invited me to uh, participate in one of the uh, significant projects they was uh, working on. And uh, I was agree on that and I was starting working first remotely and then I came to a couple of meetings uh, in person in San Francisco and then we starting work and um, I would succeed uh, with the project and uh, receive the offer. And of course, understanding the sizing of the projects and understanding that, that that is probably was a dream of my childhood uh, to uh, actually build the most significant and most biggest operating systems in the world, in the United States. And that is what uh, was motivating me. But once we arrive, (laughs) once we um, uh, move, uh, that was a little bit different, especially, you know, like we was imagining the California and uh, all these mountains, the images are so beautiful. But when we meet this kind of um, thing called neighborhood, for example, we understand that it's very different from Europe. So like in Europe, we don't know such thing like a neighborhood. Like uh, everywhere is just uh, beautifully and calm and safe. But here you need to understand how you live and where you live. And uh, this was challenging for my family, especially. So I tried to support hard uh, my wife and uh, my kid as well. So we go to the wrong school initially. So that is was very, very difficult moment. And we always, um, at some point, we was uh, talking about maybe we should just go back. Maybe it's just not not the right choice. Mm -hmm. And uh, we ended up to stay here, uh, because um, we kind of um, overcome all this um, uh, roadblocks and uh, adopt ourselves a little bit. And of course, uh, we also starting seeing uh, more value than bad things uh, in this country and um, uh, right now we really all enjoying uh, being here and living in the heart of the Silicon Valley and work with the best basically people on the planet uh, who help us to build uh, amazing products uh, for uh, our future. So yeah, but yeah, that was a pretty kind of um, a shocking time I would say when we just uh, arrived. Uh, I would say it was uh, around seven years ago, yeah. Of course, there was no pandemic, and all of that was a little bit different. Uh, now it's a completely different uh, time—a very interesting time. Yeah,
0: I uh, appreciate your response, spoken like a true designer. That uh, wasn't necessarily challenges, but uh, opportunities to overcome. I think is a, a design mindset, reframing uh, problems and challenges into opportunities. So I think uh, that's that's uh, for me a key takeaway and a, and a positivity a positive perspective from a, from a creator mindset. And uh, I applaud you for taking a leap of faith. Uh, I was lucky enough to spend many years in Europe and I can attest I never lived there, but Switzerland's not a bad place to call home. So uh, a big leap of faith to, to commit to you and your family and come stateside. So I, I uh, again, applaud and appreciate that, uh, that dedication there. Gleb, we're. um, I'm. I'm very curious. I'm sure most of the listeners uh, about your current role in your organization. I think you're at the cutting edge and the forefront of a lot of things and whatever you want to call digitalization, AI, um, operating systems, as you said before. So um, I can't do it justice. But if you could please, you know, give us a little bit of a high level overview about your current role and and how design is 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 playing a key part in in that organization.
1: Sure. So my current role. Well, I actually, what is interesting for 25 years of my career, I still call myself product designer. So every time people ask me who I you are, I never say that I'm co-founder and owner of the company. Uh, I don't know; it's just organically not my kind of uh, title because I'm I'm just focused on the design all the time. Even if um, I still manage marketing team, development team, and uh, legal team in my organization. I still uh, call myself a product designer. And I think even the product designer is uh, very similar to the executive, maybe even CEO level person because product designer is not just a person who create user interface. product designer is actually a person who, who should create a value for a consumer, for people. and. Um, I'm a co-founder and uh, I have uh, three partners as well in my uh, company, Milk Insight, and as well as uh, I uh, drive a couple of the startups, include uh, Brain Technology, where i still holding the role of Chief Design Officer. So there are um, uh, basically a few different teams I manage at the same time, uh, but mostly I'm focused on my uh, firm, which is uh, basically producing the a design and uh, uh, product strategy for the large organization. You know, we mo- mostly focusing on the operating systems. For the we work with the largest organization on the planet. Uh, so we work with uh, uh, different, absolutely different. Um, platforms. We work with mobile, we work with TV, we work with cars. So we ship more than uh, five so far operating systems for the major car manufacturing. And uh, we keep doing this uh, successfully uh, for even beyond basically um, um, this device. We also work with ITMs. Uh, we're doing a future of banking within the product uh, strategy and shipping. So we basically focused on absolutely all the screens which surround human beings and we doing the operating system, the core systems to manipulate with the other apps within these operating systems or basically uh, embedded tools. And uh, that's all we are focusing. And uh, my role is basically to uh, lead uh, the design and uh, help my partners to grow the company as well, so that is actually very interesting. Um, uh, like um, I just want to uh, like um, come back to your previous question about uh, the roadblocks and the leadership, and I just remember that one of the important roadblock uh, was also this transition before you actually work for someone um, to actually work for yourself, and that is was a very very difficult because I was um, usually I was in charge of the uh, big corporation design teams. Basically, my role was to hire other agencies, uh, and also hiring people and manage these people and produce the designs, and and basically report to executive team and talk with executive uh, stakeholders uh, um, about the needs and uh, uh, taking the basically uh, reports and showing them these reports. So, like, um, and once you become your um, uh, your own business uh, kind of owner, then. Everything is kind of changed because because there are no um, no, no other people whom you should uh, report basically. And one of the roadblocks for me was uh, uh, to find a good partners, and especially you know like to trust your basically your career, your all your work, your all your connections, what I built during my career, and uh, that was pretty difficult because uh, like how you can find this people who can be um, 100% uh, like uh, uh, protecting you in, in a different country uh, with a different mentality and uh, who can, uh, whom you can trust. And that is, was very difficult. And I can tell you what has actually helped me. So I was uh, always dreaming uh, from the uh, childhood to become a pilot uh, versus designer, but it was very difficult, especially in the country where I was born so to become a pilot, you should need to go to military first, and then you go to the education, and then you get education, and then you become a pilot. So it's like a seven years of your life, like full of uh, this complexity and... Uh, that is, was really, really hard for me to imagine that I go this route. And when I came to the United States, I find out that actually you can become a private pilot just uh, by hiring your instructor and uh, going to the pilot school, which is uh, many of them, especially in the California. And I started actually uh, train myself to become a pilot. And that is was helping me a lot to find a good partner and actually to trust people, a very serious thing. Because when you train to become a pilot, you... Uh, Uh, not just train yourself to fly airplane, you actually uh, uh, train yourself to trust person sitting um, uh, near you. So the second pilot, and also you um, uh, not just trust him, you work to communicate with him properly because a lot of actually crashes uh, are happening because of the miscommunication between two pilots. And that is a very important thing what is usually uh, people learn when they go to uh, learning how to fly. And that is actually was a very good coaching for myself as a leader to finally starting trust people and try many different things with uh, different people to find this uh, partner. And that is actually work workout. It's worked out perfectly. I have a brilliant partners uh, who helped me driving entire business and uh, growing that uh, with incremental amount of uh, effort and time. And that was just uh, brilliant. Uh, so, yeah.
0: That's a wonderful addition to, to the story. And um, I think we're in the same boat as far as, you know, partners and trust. And I wouldn't say a good analogy because it's literal, but uh, yeah, having to trust your life with somebody is a good test to, to be able to trust your business and and all the, the, you know, the hard work and and equity that you built so far. And I I applaud your, your, your passion and, and, and tenaciousness to, to, you know, venture out and spread your wings. I guess no pun intended there, but to 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 you know learn and apply from from different perspectives. Uh, speaking of venturing out, I, I know that you're also involved in, in venture and venture capital. And you know, wanted to discuss a little bit about you know the the value of design. I know you have a couple of roles that you mentioned uh, internal and as well as a agency working for clients. How or or do you even need to convince? you know, your colleagues, your clients about the value of design and, and why design is a good investment or partner or key pillar of the engineering, the uh, the experience, uh, so forth?
1: I can tell that uh, maybe on the early days, maybe seven years ago, I would say yes to that question because uh, on the early days, people are not really understand the, the clearly the value of design because if you take a look at the history, a lot of large corporations, multi-billion, even trillion dollar corporations, they was built products, which is looks ugly and uh, people still work, uh, people still use them and it still works. And uh, for these corporations, you know, like the design value is not really obvious. So because they they just, oh, we can ship just uh, whatever is works. But I think uh, right now, especially in 2021, 202nd, uh, is very different so people are starting actually understanding more and more the value of design and when they came to uh, my organization milk Inside, they know why they came they came for the best role design so and we basically hold this position of uh, the most um, even like the most expensive and most uh, uh, quality oriented uh, design firm because we're focusing on just something what not everyone can produce. So we give a lot of love uh, to design so that even like some clients, you know, like they came to us and they say, okay, we have MVP. We need to make it fast. We don't have time. Of course we consider all of that input uh, for sure, but we always um, try to invest into this, details of the design a little bit more than everybody else because uh, we understand that if we make a little bit more effort here, that is will be much cheaper and much more efficient than if the company will invest a couple of uh, millions of dollars of on the backend, for example, and make uh, scalability of the system way more because we are just on the MVP stage. So there doesn't make sense to have that uh, much investment. And we consider all of this input, of course, uh, when we work with all our partners, but our partners always know that they came to us uh, to get the best design and uh, we never need to convince them because it's just obvious that design is uh, the one of the major, I would say, differentiator um, on the market. So, like, competitor advantage, I would say.
0: That's great to hear, and of course, a great place to be for design. That we don't have to have those conversations anymore. It's it's inherent or 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 known that design is a key differentiator, competitive advantage, especially when it comes to technology. I think uh, you know a lot of things work well from a Engineering standpoint, it really is about that, as you said, you know, to invest in the details. I think the differences in the details, the the experience behind it. Uh, Gleb, I think you're at a, a very exciting uh, point in design, and you're helping to literally lead design into the future, working on things around artificial intelligence, Internet of Things, wearables, mobiles, et cetera. So, in your perspective, and maybe even in your work, what you might be able to share where do you see design going? What is the future of design? What does design look like in the next couple of years or maybe the next decade? What can we
1: maybe uh, expect to sure. see? Uh, sure. No, that, that is a great question. I would say... Yes, uh, you, you kind of touch this um, um, barely the, the artificial intelligence, right? So like that is that is the key word of uh, where not just design going where everything is going to that direction, right? So like um, I would say five years ago, I was shocked by understanding what this technology capable to do. And um, I was passionate about all these uh, kind of uh, companies like OpenAI, for example, um, founded by Elon Musk, uh, which is just have amazing uh, the goals and amazing opportunity to utilize this technology in a way where a consumer can benefit of this technology. And, um, you know, like I also can tell you that I receive a lot of these questions on um, various interviews. Like, um, are you scared about the future of the AI and what it can do? And I can tell you, yes, I am. <laughs> I am actually supporting this uh, um, uh, this story of uh, that AI can take care of uh, so much stuff that it can be uh, bad for human beings. But I can tell you that the design and uh, that is where actually we can help to prevent this type of things. Of course, I hope the government will also help to regulate this uh, um, technology so it's not gonna be used uh, on bed. And, um, but the designers, you know, like it's also very important to understand that people are also asking, are you think that designers gonna be gone as a profession within like, I don't know, decades uh, because of the artificial intelligence? I can tell you that no, I don't think so. Because even if the artificial intelligence can, replace a little bit of routine, I would say. So it can generate image by itself. It can even generate a 3D object by itself without using help of uh, um, a lot of hours of rendering. So all of that, I don't think that artificial intelligence can actually uh, mimic the soul and the law of what designers actually put into the product they create. Because it's very, um, so like basically we human beings inspiring by the air inspiring by uh like uh, the planet where we live so we look at the nature we look at the mountains and the sky and that is what inspires us to build products to build a design to build uh, something which are fitting in our life and fitting in our environment as well so even if we train the neural network to do the same it's not it's never going to be a as good as it's done by human beings because people are uh, they creative uh, in a different way, in a completely different way. So artificial intelligence is all about the precision. It's all about, I would say, the, where the, the, this technology can help is mostly uh, medicine and uh, professions like uh, probably the legal, people who just write the contracts. Uh, that can be fake, uh, that, that can be take care of the artificial intelligence, of course. And I am sure, you know, like, um, within uh, maybe decades, a couple of decades from now, uh, people will live a little bit longer because of this technology, become more powerful, and um, people will transition to the new uh, generation of uh, um, designing products as well with, within this um, artificial intelligence tools. So people starting spending more time on thinking about what they're doing versus actually doing. because right now we still have this, you know like um, this complexity of the process designing things. So like it's always, Many many different steps, and you know each of the step is very important and is very hard uh, to going through. So like, and in the future, we just get rid of the multiple very time consuming steps, and we're gonna focus more on the creative side of the uh, creation. I would say, but I don't think uh, um, it's it's gonna be gone uh, from the from the market soon. So I believe that uh, designer will stay uh, in trend and and grow and grow within the next 100 uh, years, uh, maybe even more.
0: Well, that's great, uh, reassuring, and maybe refreshing to hear. I know there's a big debate in the design industry. Will it be obsolete uh, with artificial intelligence and take away some of the professions, you know, graphic designs, and just be able to sp- spit out algorithms for the next uh, a brand or packaging? So I, I, I'm glad to hear your perspective that it's not going away, but maybe will continue to grow and flourish, and, as, as we all know, we don't know what the future holds, but I think uh, for design, we still got a, a long way to go. Uh, Gleb, you said something in the very beginning, I think, what, with your story around getting your first computer and you wanted to make a bigger impact to the planets. And then you recently had mentioned a few things about the environment and literally the, the nature and mountains and sky. So we know that there's a big movement, and I don't think it's a trend, but a movement for, for companies to become more... Uh, socially conscious, environmentally responsible, however you want to label it, uh, you know, not looking for just economic value, but triple bottom line, or what we call it, our organization design for humanity. Um, so any thoughts about how, you know, the things you're doing, uh, again, AI and IoT is going to play into helping to maybe solve or, or not contribute to some of these issues around maybe um, environmental concerns or social concerns?
1: Okay. So I don't I don't know exactly the answer on this question uh, because it's um, it's pretty new. I would say the only last few years I see that aggressive moving trend towards uh, a green uh, future. I'm supporting that for sure. So, like, I'm trying, and also my company is working with a lot of uh, these green future companies, and we help them to transition from um, one to another. So, for example, as a very good example, in the product we just recently completed uh, for one of the major automotive um, brands, we create a system uh, to uh, reduce the amount of energy you're gonna spend in your car by. Uh, create uh, management of your time and uh, where you are by uh, tracking location and considering different data points. So basically, and that system actually save, you know, like annually quite significant amount of energy. And that is basically the product, what is uh, moving towards to the green future. And um, uh, of course, design is the part of that. Design is the big, um, I would say, driver and uh, uh we as a design leader should always uh thinking about that and we have also this uh, brilliant example uh, you know like with airbus company airbus is also a partner of my organization and we constantly helping them with the um, uh, new uh, products and the research and, um now uh, one of the very important decisions was uh, uh for this company just recently is shut down the production of a380 airplane which is the biggest airplane the most most comfortable airplane on the planet and basically uh who can transfer from e to b uh 800 people in the same time that is a very kind of um important uh, and big numbers and um, uh, there was not such a good airplanes on the planet but they say no to that because of the environmental kind of issues because it's just have so uh, no efficient this kind of uh, it's eating a lot of gas it's needed so much effort and so much um, it's adding so much damage to the environment to producing this type of airplanes and um Yeah, we kind of support uh, that type of decisions for sure. And we work hard to uh, help um, uh, our clients and partners and everyone who uh, care about our future to achieve uh, more efficiently uh, using resources and uh, more green future for sure. Yeah.
0: Of course, uh, very... Inspiring and and positive to hear that, I think, as a community of designers, design leaders to help to move the needle there uh, from all spectrums will help us get us to a a better place, a better future. Gleb, uh, I can only speak from my side, but it's been a fascinating, uh, uh, insightful and inspiring discussion with you learning all about uh, the future of, of design in, in the digital context in closing do you have any advice for our listeners that want to advance their careers into design leadership or elevate design in their organizations or their agencies
1: um, <laughs> sure for sure um yeah so us uh, designers everyone is probably a- thinking about, you know, like how you can transition from, uh, you know, like being a designer, being basically a person who produced the designs to being a leader. And one of the advice I can tell you guys that, uh, so you don't need to think about uh, to being a leader in the design industry is like a being a manager. So the manager is basically is not a leader. The manager is more like a transactional uh, relationship is the person and the task. So, think about the leadership more as a person who inspire other people to do something. And it, this inspiration is not necessary as a leadership in the, you know, like in the financial organization when the financial leader should inspire other financial workers uh, to perform you know, like a good numbers for him. Now it's a little bit different. So the, being a leader in design industry is sometimes is just making a good design. So that is, that is as simple as it is. That's basically what is important to realize that you don't need to think that is so complicated that you need to go to and take MBAs, you know, like and all of that. I know around 25 people, and they are all my friends who. Get MBAs. I don't. I don't like um, uh, to say anything bad about uh, uh, what type of NBAs they get. But all of them are saying that it's useless. They just spend a year for uh, two years for nothing. And they ended up actually producing design by themselves and inspire other people produce design, and that's how they become a really good and powerful leaders. So a leader is not necessary manager. Just remember that and remember that if you're doing good design. Uh, you will uh, inspire other people to do good design for you as well. Uh, And uh, that is just a small kind of detail. What I was never aware when I was transitioning from one to another, but now after years of being on the both sides, I can tell that uh, just keep doing what you love and that will bring you to a position uh, where you want to be basically.
0: Solid advice. And I think you said it well, just keep doing what you love in the world of design, just making great design happen and uh, good things will fall into place. Gleb, I appreciate the time uh, and all the uh, insights you were able to share. So um, we wish you well in all your future ventures and look forward to seeing some amazing things coming from both the uh, organization you're with and all the agencies, um, all the clients you're supporting through the agency side. So uh, best of luck and uh, hope that we uh, cross paths again soon.
1: Sounds good. Thank you so much, Jay. And uh, thank you, everyone who was listening. Uh, My pleasure to speak with you. And uh, uh, have a good uh, rest of your week. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you for joining us for this session of the Design Leadership Podcast. I do hope that you gained some valuable insights and inspiration to help further you along in your path in design leadership. If you would like to learn more on how myself and my colleagues have helped to empower design leaders, for the past 22 years through consulting, coaching, educating, and uniting design leaders across the globe, please check out our suite of services found online at empowering.design. I wish you the best of success in your design leadership journey and pursuit of design excellence. Be well and stay safe.